Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Hello and welcome to Reflections from the Heart. My name is Rob Longo with Stewardship and Mission of Faith, and I'm joined today by the, the trio of Toms, Tom yeah. DeAngelis, Tom Fertile, and Tom Terrace. How are you guys doing? Hey, Rob. Good. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Good to, good to be here with you guys. Uh, welcome to those who are joining us for the first time. Uh, this is Reflections from the Heart, and we're going to look at the gospel for the coming Sunday uh, that we'll hear at Mass, and welcome back to those who have been with us before. So we're, uh, we're excited. And today's gospel, or Sunday's gospel, will be Mark 10, 35 to 45. So if you have a chance to look that up or grab your Bible, please do. Mark 10, 35 to 45. Before we start, Mr. DeAngelis, can you lead us in prayer? Yes, sir. Thank you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Let's pray a traditional prayer, one of my favorites. I try to say it every day. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful. And kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and we shall be created. And you shall renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of your faithful, Grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in your consolations. We ask this through Christ, your Son. Amen. 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 In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Tom. One of my favorites. It's an oldie but a goodie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Tom Terrace, if you could lead us in the sure. gospel, please. Again, it's the gospel of St. Mark. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. He replied, What do you wish me to do for you? They answered him, Grant that in your glory we may sit one at your right and the other at your left. Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Can you drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? They said to him, We can. Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink you will drink, and the baptism with which I am baptized you will be baptized. But to sit at my right or at my left is not mine to give, but is for those for whom it has been prepared. When the ten heard this, they became indignant at James and John. Jesus summoned them and said to them, You know that those who are recognized as rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them. Their great ones make their authority over them felt. But it shall not be so among you. Rather, whoever wishes to be great among you will be your servant. Whoever wishes to be first among you will be the slave of all. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. If one of your kids came to you and said, Dad, <laughs> I want you to do whatever I ask you to do, what, what would you respond? I, would, I don't think I'd respond like Jesus did. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, tell me what it is it first. Depends. I want you to do whatever, you at, whatever I ask of you. 
you know, it's easy to, I think, to, to, to look at this and think about, well, it's just a reminder to not be, you know, to not be, you know, arrogant or bold or ask too much. And I, I think about, you know, we, we hear a lot about humility in our spiritual life and obviously humility is a good thing. All the great saints mm-hmm. have had, have, have shown humility, but they've also not been afraid to be bold. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes that gets lost. You know, if you look at, I mean, Paul, you know, was humble, but read Paul's writings, you know, mm-hmm. I, an apostle, you know, Jesus Christ say that, I mean, you know, there's yeah. bold and the yeah. doctors of the church and St. Francis and, uh, you know, uh, Pope John Paul II. I mean, they were humble and, and yet they were bold because you can say, well, who, who is that person to, to be that, that bold or to, to, to do something great, you know, like, like, like the brothers are wanting to do. And it's like, well, who are we not? Mm-hmm. I mean, God put us on this earth for a reason. He created us. Right. So with the uniqueness, with abilities, with talents. So, um, I think the challenge is, is is not to not want to seek to do good things or great things, but to do it in that on that fine line of being humble about it as well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, as long as we're acting out of love and and as long as we're reflecting back on the Father, to to be bold or want to do bold things or big things. I mean, I mean Francis. You know, we talk about the the, the you know the he's like the epitome of humility, and yet it was like rebuild the church and you know call out. What was going wrong in in the church, and 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 live a radical gospel, even though some people didn't support it. So, you know, we're not we're not we're not made to do nothing or to be in the shadows. You know, we're made yeah. to light that candle and hold it high. So, I think it's um, as long as we're reflecting back to the Father with humility and love, then it's okay to be passionate, and it's okay to seek to do great things. And whatever God puts before us, we do. You know, yeah. I think of Mother Angelica. You know, hey. I'm just going to start a you know a, 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 a worldwide TV network. Yeah, you know, right you know here, about TV? Nothing. Right How much money do you have? Nothing. But hey, and we're and we're going to do it in Alabama. That's right. Because <laughs> why? Because well, I think God put it on our heart that we should do this, yeah. and they did. So, you know, um, humility, yes, um, but does it mean lack of action? Yeah, you know, you talk about Saint Francis, and he's always put out as one of the models of humility, but. And here's a guy that took his clothes off in the square and walk, walked away, you know, kind of left his, you know, left his life. And, and that's not exactly, a, right. you know, a, a timid thing to do. So I think boldness is important. And, it, you know, it's, it's interesting that you bring that into humility because one of the things I think that, that I've come to appreciate in, a, in our spiritual life, and it has a counterpart in like in the business world, when we talk about the continuously improving the process where we continuously work on it. And a lot of times people say, well, you know, if it's not broke, break it and then figure out what, you know, what you can do to make it better. Um, Mm -hmm. So, but one of the things I think the boldness is we go out and do the thing and then the humility we keep in our back pocket for when, when it doesn't work out, (laughs) you know, and then, and then what do we do? Cause it's not just, well, we should just be humble we should go sit in the corner and just let people, you know, dump on us. And no, we should we should be humble enough to number one admit that we did the thing wrong, and then and then spend some time and figure out how to do it right. I mean, isn't that the essence of the spiritual life? All the great saints that talk about you know the spiritual development is figure out what's wrong. Uh, therefore, you know, we have confession. You know, figure out what's wrong and make it right. You know, and what's the last thing we say at the end of the act of contrition? You know, firm purpose of amendment. You know, I'm. I'm, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to work to get better, and I'm and I'm very I'm firm on it. I'm going to set in my mind. Now we're back to the we're back to the boldness, you know. And I'll I'll try this for this week or for this month. Try to make myself a better person. Might fall on my face, but it's okay. So I really see those things as being like working together anymore. Uh, just because we go out and do what's what we have to. We talk, you know. We say things in a commu- in a 
company where it, we might know that people are going to push back on us. You know, we stand up for life. We stand up for marriage. We stand up for, and people, you know, and then we say, well, that didn't work. What you know? What what <laughs> what would I do different next time? You know, not that I, I'm not going to be bold. And hu- humility as being this false sense of, well, I just don't want to offend anybody. You know, I'm not going to say what needs, I'm not going to speak the truth because I, I, you know, because I'm being humble. Well, that to me, if it's not matched up with that boldness that you talked about, that holy boldness, uh, and you're right, Paul was, you know, as much as he, you know, got dumped on a lot and ended up in shipwrecks and, you know, people beating him, leaving him for dead and all that stuff that that, that he lists— he he was very he didn't get into those situations because he was timid. Right. You know? Right. Uh the word that jumped out at me was give. You know, like Jesus said, give his life as a ransom for many. And just uh seemed to uh be the opposite of what they were looking for. They were looking to get something, you know, like James and John. They wanted to get to sit at Jesus' right. You know, they're looking to get something. And then Jesus says right at the end, you know, that to give, you know, so Maybe I should, you know, ask myself the question, you know, instead of always asking or wanting something, get me this, Lord, get me that, what can I give to someone else? How can I give love to someone else who needs it or give whatever gift I have to someone else rather than, you know, trying to get something? And and as guys, we may be looking for that big thing. You know, to give my life as a ransom for many, like the the, the big act of mm-hmm. of of giving, uh, of sacrificing, but the small the small acts every day sometimes are harder. You know, last night I was uh, sitting on the couch and my eight year old daughter came and cuddled on my lap. And as soon as we got settled in, my eleven year old daughter's like. Dad, can you help me find my rubber bands for her braces? <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, you know, we just got cozy. But I, you know, there's that opportunity you yeah. know, to give your life, you know, when you're cozy and settled to get up and, and do. So I asked my 12 year old son to go do it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, so I, miss, I missed that opportunity. Uh, well, he's got to learn humility too, you know, right? <laughs> Uh, I think we need to, yeah, Rob, it's a good, it reminds me of like uh, bedtime, you know, with, you know, big, big family bedtime was always like, you know, how, how, you know, hours before bedtime, you start the process and, and, you know, kids, okay, read me a book, you know, read me another book. And there was times I used to, at least like, I used to fight that. Like, I want to get it over it so I can have my time, you know, and it was really until a matter of kind of, um, you do things like, you know, you're reading the Lorax and you like, you put your finger three pages ahead and like, you turn the page, you know, dad, wait a minute, you missed that part. <laughs> <laughs> caught me, you know. Um, Gee, I never thought you know, of that let's, one. Let's not read that one. How about, you know, Good Night Moon, that's shorter, you know. But but um, it wasn't until like I kind of start embracing the time and recognizing it for the gift it is. And then it totally changes your perspective. We actually can look forward to it. But it, it's, it's, it's like, like you said, it's a conscious, you know, there's a gift in front of me. So rather than trying to run mm. from it, because oh, I got my things I want to do. You know, um, you know, em- embrace it, and uh, it's 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 not an easy thing to do, but it but it it does. Well, I mean, how many things? Perspective is it's a matter of perspective. How you how you mm-hmm. put your spin on it, then you look forward to in, in those times. And now, mm-hmm. of course, as kids are older, you don't have that anymore. I you know? say, with, with, with the span of ages you have, <laughs> yeah, you, you probably once your older ones didn't really want you to hang out with them at bedtime. You're like, oh, maybe maybe I need to. That tr- yeah, you recognize more that yeah. those those days are fleeting. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, there, there's there's an aspect of humility to that too, because I think when you begin to realize that what you've been given 
needs to be embraced instead of always looking for like, when am I going to get my time? You know, when am I going to get, let's get this over with so I can go do what I want to do. And yet um, that's an aspect of humility that I think also shows strength is to be able to say, look, this is what God put in front of me and I'm going to embrace it. I'm not just going to go through it to get it done. You know, check the box, get it done, read the story and be done with it. I'm going to take the time. I'm really be here, be present for my daughter, for my son, you know, for, for whomever. Or for just people in conversation, you know. Um, but being there, you know, being present in what you're doing, I think is is another act of surrender to the will of God. Because this is what this is what He put in front of me. You know? Right, like staying after this is what needs to be done. Like staying after communion or waiting to the last verses. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. no, I, and then it's not a criticism, but it's but it's that's a good example, though. Yeah. I mean, how many of us look at like, oh, I like that church better because the priest is done in 45 minutes yeah. you know like that that is just, again it's not a condemnation but it's an it's an you know it's indication i think of some somehow some our philosophy like my goodness can i give up you know an hour you know like, yeah. it's got to be 50 minutes now it's like you know we no come on i mean this is embrace the gift that's you know in front yeah. of us you know you don't have to park your car you know back but you don't have to back in so you can pull out <laughs> earlier like Faster, you know, yeah. you know enjoy the time and embrace the conversation in the narthex afterwards you know with people and and just you know, it used to be, again, go back in our history, it used to be, I mean, going to Sunday, Mass was the big thing, right? You know, yeah. Sunday best and embracing the time. And now, you know, it's, again, it's just an observation. We show up a lot of times, people are showing up, you know, shorts and t-shirt and in and out the door. It's like, how can you value, you know, we, 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 we kids were, cause I, I just fresh on my mind because the kids the other day were talking about like, you know, does Jesus care what we wear to church? Like, well, it's not about what Jesus, you know, yeah. cares what you're wearing. It's about, it's about your mindset, you know? And when you yeah. put on that shirt, you put on that nice pair of pants, you know, you know, it, it changes your behavior, you know, and just like your school uniform makes you, you know, behave better. So do, do, what do we invest going into Sunday mass? What's our mindset? And this is all related, you know, our, our perspective on how we look at it and embrace it as opposed to just let's get it over with. So I can go get donuts, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's been such a gift. This journey of reflections from the heart, just to be able to to unpack the Sunday gospel prior to just showing up on Sunday and hearing it for the first time. So it's all part of that that preparation. Um, it was interesting, uh, both you know, Tom and Tom Fertile and, and DeAngelis, <laughs> uh, what you guys were saying just brings it back to a conversation I had this past week. And this guy really challenged. He said, "We were always talking about lists, like God first. Spouse second, kids third. Like, you know, we got you got our list. And he said, you know, looking in scripture, I don't see any list. I see seek first the kingdom of God, and all you know, and, and yeah. righteousness, and all things will be added to you. Besides, he said maybe God wants us to, and he's almost used the same exact words that you guys are saying. Embrace what's in front of us, mm-hmm. and love in that moment. Yeah. Sound like okay? Oh, well, that's my daughter, so I can check the kid box. So, oh, yeah. I have to, you know, now I can go on to my friends. Yeah. But if we're seeking first the kingdom, then every moment is that discernment. Yeah. God, how do you want me to love in this moment? And it really, it made a lot of sense because I'm I'm a list kind of guy. So, you know, it, that was a yeah. that was a, that was a beautiful challenge. And yeah. he said, and he he kind of turned it. You know, he, he's an adult <laughs> man, and he said, when my mom reaches out and says that she's blessed to have a son like you, I don't think she loves God any less. Right, you know, I, yeah. I don't question that. I just feel so. I feel so loved, and I can just picture God just you know leaning down, and giving her a nice big kiss on the head for yeah. for doing that. And it, that was that was a pretty cool, you know, that was a really nice perspective to yeah. uh, to don't get so focused on the list and just seek first the kingdom and then embrace who is in front of you. 
And then I, I think like God, um, God is the God of history and, you know, he prepares everything for us. So all those moments have been prepared for already for us, just for, you know, how we're going to react in that particular moment. I mean, he says it right here for those who have been prepared. So since he is the God of history, all of the moments in our life have been prepared for us by God. And that's how we respond to them. And, and that touches on a, an aspect here that I, you know, just reading this over again after hearing it you know, year after year, um, but this whole idea that, you know, Jesus says, you don't know what you're asking for, and it, but he says, this is, this is you know, I, I can't promise you to sit at my right or sit at my left because it's reserved for those for whom it has been prepared. And as I, you know, I never really thought much about that. It's one of those lines where, you know, you you, when you're reading through the gospel, you think, well, I'll come back to that later because that doesn't jump out at me right away. But this one, this time it did. And the more I thought about it, I thought, you know, God does have a place for us prepared. And it might be that the people for whom that is prepared accept it or reject it, you know, and, and then because it's not, we're not predestined, but there is a place for us. There is a, you know, God knows where we want to be. And the other thing, we, we were talking about this at one of the gospel reflections that I was at, and people were saying, well, you know, everybody wants to sit as close to God as they can. You sit at the right hand, sit at the left hand. It's like, yeah, but once you're in heaven and you're in God's presence, what does it, what does it matter if you're close, far away? You know, like I've, I've always said, if I can get one foot inside the door from purgatory, you know, so that's good enough for me, you know, because once, once you're in God's presence and you're, you're united with God, does it matter Close, far is, is not, it goes away. It's not, it's the love. And then that idea that, you know, that you felt God's love through your mother, she, she was, that, that's the expression of love. I mean, we get, when we love other people, we're, whether we realize it or not, we're share, that's what we're sharing. We're sharing God's love, you know. As long as that love is, as Thomas Aquinas defined it, because there's a content to it too, that has to be willing the good of the other person, you know. So, for example, Speaking speaking up when other people are talking about you know the value of abortion or the you know you know same sex marriage and stuff like that, but speaking the truth politely and tactfully, but speaking the truth is we know is for the good of other people because they don't know that and they're we're likely to get pushback on it. You know, or am I doing the right thing by saying, well, you know, I don't want to cause any waves here, and people are. You know, they're talking about this all around me, and my silence seems to be agreement with it, or at least I'm not contradicting it. Is that the good of the other people? Is that what's best for the people who are sitting there discussing it and continue to go on their merry way thinking that, you know, of course abortion's a good thing. Of course. Why? The women have to have a choice. You know, it's their body. They have, you know, come on. Is that the best thing for people just to let them continue on? And you not take a position and say, but that's not right. That's not that's not a good thing, you know, and I think I think when we recognize that, then we we also there are certain things getting back to that bold action. You know, there's certain things we have to do or required to do in truth. Jesus does, certainly doesn't pull back when he's talking to people. And he said, "You'll do bigger and better things, mm. right?" Yeah. <laughs> I think I've read that somewhere, yeah. right? You'll yeah. you do you'll do all this and more, and and so right. So in those cases, Tom, I think you're right on. That's that's where you with with love and with fidelity. 
um, and with humility, but you, but you do, you do say something, you do speak out. You just, you mentioned, you know, like, you know, pro-life and abortion. It just made me think of like one of the, one of the, the big memes uh, going around like right now is how, you know, Prince Harry, they're going to have a baby and everyone's like hashtag, you know, Royal baby. And someone put out there like, Hmm, it's amazing how no one's calling it Royal fetus or Royal yeah. unviable mm. tissue mass. Of yeah. course we know it's a baby <laughs> yeah. and we're all expecting it, yeah. you know, and people say, but imagine that, imagine Again, not to change into a pro-life conversation, yeah. but but it just made me think about that. If yeah. they said, you know what, we decided we're not going to have a child right now. We're going to offer for abortion. Can you imagine the whole world would go nuts? Why? Because we know it's a baby. So there's your brief yeah. pro-life message for yeah. the morning there, Rob. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, of course, it's a royal baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When it's wanted. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the what's the cup that Jesus is talking about? Can you and then you know, can you drink from the cup? And they're right away, like we can. So. It, <laughs> Yeah. I think looking back, well, we know we he, know the cup. He calls them out on that right away. Yeah. You know, you you have no idea what you're saying here. You know, to the cup of suffering. What, what, do, you, what do you think they were? What they were thinking? Because they they jumped yeah. right in there. We can. Well, it's, I think you know we we we. It reminds me of when you said that, Robert. Remind me of like fifth grade. Remember fifth grade Catholic school, right? And you read the story of Daniel in the lion's den, and then you know Sister Mary Elizabeth would be like, you know, now how many of you? If there was a lion, you know, and you were in the lion's den, how many of you would, would say, I don't believe in God? And how many of you would, would you know, be, be eaten by the lions? Well, of course, you know, I always said, what if, what if someone brought in a lion in the classroom that day? You know, um, you know we say, yeah, I can, I can do that. I can do that. You know, and I think that was their reaction to whatever it is, you know, we, we can do it. And maybe it's sincere, you know, but there's, um, you know, they, they didn't realize the scope of that mm -hmm. cup sometimes. And, um, and, and I think we all can, we, we can, God gives us the grace to take the cup that's in front of us. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of our spiritual life is recognizing mm -hmm. the cup, deal with the cup in front of you. You know, you don't have right. to seek out a different cup <laughs> or one that belongs yeah. to somebody else. Yeah. What's the cup you put before me? You know, again, some of those those little memes or adages about how, you know, God will never gives you a problem that you don't, doesn't, doesn't give you the grace to solve, but we right. have to be in touch, you know, I think through our prayer life to recognize here's what's in front of me right now. You know, and sometimes, oh, no, I want, I want that. I'd rather be, I'd rather have that cup. I'd rather be, you know, facing persecution as a, a underground Catholic in China. No, you, you've got your own cups in front of you. You know, maybe it is that, that relative who's all anti-church and that's, or maybe, or, or that, or that cousin who's, you know, totally away from God that just needs, that, that might be the cup. So I want to go out and save, you know, the world in China and I've got a family member who's, you know, who's, who's um, disenfranchised yeah. from God. What about, what about right. that? So yeah. sometimes the other cup, like the grass, right? looks better yeah. <laughs> somewhere else, you know, yeah. more, more noble to do, go do yeah. that rather than deal with a cup that, that's put before you. Yeah. It's like when some, some young boys will say, I'll, I'll take a bullet for my girlfriend. Yeah. I'll die. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. What's the likelihood yeah. that you're going to have to jump in front of a, yeah. of a bullet, but will you love her enough to protect her purity? You know? So uh, it's always, it's always, you know, it's always easy to to look at the other cup, especially when it's a big, sure, a big cup. Yeah. How many stories there are of saints who, uh, you know, I, I think of Saint Teresa of Avila. We just celebrated her feast, and Saint Francis, Saint Anthony, Saint Dominic. These are all saints. If you read their life, and, and there it doesn't stop there. There's dozens that you can probably go in the documentation that wanted to go off and become mar. They wanted to go preach the gospel to the Moors or to the you know, to North in North Africa, where they there's a very good chance they were going to get martyred, and but God never, you know, Saint Anthony was on his way to Africa to preach to the Moors, and he was shipwrecked, and he got sick and almost died, and then they ended up taking him back to, you know, he never made it 
St. Teresa of Avila never made it. St. Therese of Lisieux wanted to be a martyr. She, she never made it. But what her brilliance, her genius, and I think what the other saints figured out is that, you know, you can be a martyr right here. Like you were saying, Rob, we want to do great things, but what about the things that God put in front of us right now? You know, our family, our job, our, you know, the challenges of, of dealing with the people that we have to deal with in, in life. I mean, those are the things that God put in front of us. Those are the, that's the martyrdom that God's asking us. And in some ways, it's harder to do that then, you know, I often think if I was called to be a martyr, you know, let's just, let's just get it over with. You know, I can I can get that done. It's this yeah. day-to-day yeah. nitpicky grinding, you know, it just wears you down after a while. And you got to you – know, you go to confession. You go to the Eucharist. You know, you get you get life pumped back into you. But uh, it this is in some ways is harder than go, going to be a martyr because it's one big thing and then it's over and you're done and, you know – you're with God. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of martyrs and lions, uh, we just celebrated Saint Ignatius, I think, of Antioch this yeah. week, who yeah. looked forward to being devoured by lions, <laughs> yeah, and he right, was. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they said they left nothing of him but a couple bones. Yeah. You know. I remember at Man of Philly, one of the speakers kind of had us envision, what's it going to be like when you go to heaven? You're, you're sitting around a table, and, and, and say you sit next to St. Ignatius of Antioch, and he's sharing his story of, of his, you know, his faith and getting eaten by lions, and then it's your turn. Uh, I gave up chocolate for Lent one time. So that holy boldness that we yeah. talked about in the beginning, not that we seek it, but we, you know, we, we pray boldly, we serve boldly, we love boldly, and uh, just trust that God will put in front of us yeah. what he wants us to do and who he wants us to love. And like the ten, not to be envious of of the sacrifices of others, you know. <laughs> yeah, let, yeah. Let, we all have our right. own path, and right. so you know, bless God, bless them for their path, and I'll accept the path that I have, and not. I wish I was them. I wish I did that. Be inspired by someone's example, but that's not the same as you know. Well, who are they to do that? that who, who are they to, to do that great thing? Or who are they to be bold about that? No, again, do do what you're called to do. You know, we're not all called to die in the lines. Then we're not all called to walk around, take our clothing off, and be naked and go to the church. <laughs> right, we're right. called. Our our role is to find out what we're called to do and do it wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. You know, not to be somebody else. Right. And Saint Therese, what a beautiful lesson she wanted to be a martyr. She wanted to be a missionary, mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. Uh, never left the, the the convent. Right. Once she yeah. went in, she never came out. But she shows us. God shows us the power of prayer. That she not only became a saint, she's a doctor of the church, but she's the patron saint of missionaries, never being on a mission trip, never being a missionary, right. but the power of her prayers right. was so influential for the missionaries and the missions that she did pray for. So we have this opportunity every day to be intentional about our, our prayer life. We were at a school this past week, and uh, we showed a little clip of a video from Philip Rivers, the quarterback from, hmm. from the Chargers, yeah. and he talked about prayer. He said, uh, you know, the day's broken up into 96 15-minute blocks. You know, can't we just give at least one of those to God to be intentional like we are with so many other things? We need to be intentional with our prayer life. So let's uh, let's pray for each other that we can all be intentional with our prayer life and uh, storm heaven for all those around us. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on 
Gospel Reflection Groups, or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.